0: everybody happy father's day to you in the room that it applies to Uh, my desire every father's day is charred meat uh, a nap and i would say live sports but i don't know what that is anymore so i hope that you have some of those things today Uh, we are going to be in galatians 5 today we're actually going to read the whole chapter today so go ahead and turn there in a printed or digital copy if you got it Uh, If you uh, are here regularly, you know that we do every Easter an event called the Stations of the Cross, and it's a time where we let some of our more creative people in the church uh, do some artwork that expresses some of the verses and the locations of Jesus on his way to the cross. And so we've actually set that up because we couldn't have Easter, obviously, and we couldn't have the Stations to the Cross, and so we set that up in the hallway uh, just out there, and, and so you're welcome after service to go there. It's going to be up for uh, this Sunday and next Sunday. If you're online and you want to come in, just know that it's going to be up and running uh, from 9 to 4 every day this week, and so you certainly can come in and have some reflection and, and look over some of the cool things that our people here have done. Well, let's just go ahead and jump into scripture. We got a pretty long, lengthy, we're going to actually read all of chapter 5. Uh, we are making a, a more concerted effort here uh, to read the word together. Uh, there's just power in reading God's word. Uh, my, my words, I hope, are edifying, but God's word is better. And so we're just going to spend some time reading God's word together. And so if you have a digital copy, Turn to your phone or print a copy. If you want to make that a regular rhythm, that would be great. It's always going to be on the screen as well. Uh, So let's start with verse 1 here in Galatians 5. This This is the chapter we've been in for about 10 weeks now. And so this is Paul. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision... But only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But I, brothers, still preach circumcision. Why am I still being persecuted?" In, the ca- in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you do not consume, get not consumed by one another, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today and we trust your word to be sufficient for what we need. And so we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in our lives to bring this word to life in our hearts, that you would bring conviction. That you would bring confidence where we need it as well. And God, that you would just use this word to teach us more about this idea of self-control. That we would get right understanding in this because it's so important. And so God, we humbly come before you and pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So today we are talking about self-control Uh, It's part of the renewal that happens in our life as a new creation in Christ that is being remade into the image of Christ through the Spirit, the Spirit that is in our lives and through our lives and around our lives by faith through grace. And and self-control of all of these fruits is probably the easiest to understand. It's sort of self-explanatory, self-control. That's kind of easy to understand. In the Greek, the word is encartia, And it's used four different times in our New Testament, and it's either translated based upon what translation of the Bible you're using into self-control or temperance. And both of those words contain sort of the same ideas. A self-mastery, a self-restraint, a power over self-indulgence. And so there's not a whole lot of mystery to, to what the Spirit's trying to do in self-control. There's not a whole lot of mystery, yet, if we're honest, self-control is probably one of the hardest products of the fruit, to walk with great endurance. And so here's what we want to do today. We want to look at two conclusions or inferences that we can make from this idea of self-control. And then we want to talk about two right thoughts for flourishing by God and his spirit and self-control. So two inferences and then two right beliefs. And so here are the two conclusions. What is true about self-control. So self-control implies this. Number one is that there is a need for control, which means that there's something that is out of control. There is a need for control, which means that something is out of control. And number two is that there is a part of the controlling that is dependent on me, self-control. And so, look, I don't think I'm blowing anybody's mind when I say that, That's pretty easy to understand, but the implications are great, so we need to educate ourselves on what's happening. So let's walk through this. There is a need for control, which means that there's something that is out of control, and that is pretty evident to you and I, that there is something out of control. My daughter, Camille, turned six yesterday, uh, I can't believe she's six already, but but I know that there's somebody watching this whose son or daughter just turned 60, and you're like, I know, right, I get it. And so my wife bought ice cream for my daughter's party, which was yesterday. We don't often bring ice cream into our house on a regular occasions, right? And so here's what happened. I ate the ice cream on Wednesday night, okay? Uh, not all of it, right, just enough of it, uh, and... It was two tubs from Costco which, incidentally, is sponsoring my outfit again today. And so this is, what, this is what happened. The reason that we don't bring ice cream into our house is because I consume it quickly. I am the reason that we don't bring ice cream into our house. And, and look, that's funny, and we can joke about it, but look, I have no gladness and I lack of temperance in that area we often see this lack of control or this thing that's out of control in us in the things that we do. And so self-control, it, we desire it and it's known in areas like diet or drugs or <clears throat> exercise or bed, bedtime routines or, or reading habits. But listen, those are merely manifestations, if I can say that, or outgrowths of a deeper control issue that is internal in all of us. And so Paul writes here in Galatians 5, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to the yoke of slavery. And so Paul is urging the church in Galatia in 49 AD to remember the necessary deliverance that was so needed by the world. A liberation from slavery to freedom in Christ. And what were we a slave to? Well, our Bible is very clear that we were a slave to sin. We can find that in Romans 6, amongst other places, that we actually were a slave to our own selves broken and out of relationship with God, our creator, out of step with his governance and his good wisdom. And we can go all the way back to the very third page of scripture and find the very first instance of mankind choosing themselves over God. And in that, the whole thing has broken. And our entire Old Testament is God pursuing his rebellious creation to bring them back because he loves them. And he pursues them to rescue them mostly from themselves and so that he can insert into the world Jesus Christ who would save the world. And that choosing ourself over God has never stopped. And so the product of a lack of self-control like me eating ice cream when I shouldn't and eating all of it or our diets are things that we see but the root the root is a heart that is in rebellion and war against God. We want to choose ourselves over Him. We want to choose ourselves over Him, and we are out of control because we are not under control of our loving Creator. And we are out of step with our true purpose and our true design and our true substance. Our hearts... Are the root of our self control issues. Number two is this that we said that the part of the controlling, uh, there's a part of that controlling that's dependent on me. And if we look in this chapter in Galatians 5, we're gonna see Paul say things like, he's pleading with his congregation to restrain themselves, to control themselves. And he says, like, you are running well. Like, why are you so easily disobedient of the truth? He says things like, you were called to freedom. You are called to freedom. Don't use that freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't abuse the grace that God has given to you. And he says things like, I, I, but walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. As so Paul is using this language that compels, like, there is a work for us to do in the Christian life. And we have tried as best as we could over these 10 weeks to talk about the fruit of the Spirit in a way that you understand that it is not a product of you trying harder or picking yourself up by your bootstraps with more earnest effort, but the fruit is grown by abiding in the Spirit of God, remaining in the Spirit of God, staying connected to Jesus. Uh, Imagine, imagine this, What would happen if you would live your life every day arm in arm with a person who demonstrated fully a sacrificial love in a way that it saved your life? What if you were dying and somebody stepped in and fully sacrificed themselves and saved you? And the reason that you were dying was because of your own choices and your own wisdom. And then that person invites you to join them to walk arm in arm with them for the rest of your life. And you, in your abiding, in your arm in armness, if I can say that with that person, you come to see they're gentle and kind and compassionate and loving and powerful in wisdom and status. Do you think that in the season that you walk with that person, that you would not begin to look like them? You would. And that is what it means as a Christian to abide with Jesus, is that we remain arm in arm with him, that we recognize that his wisdom and his way is better than mine, and that he has a love for me that is greater than I could ever imagine. That is what it means to abide with Jesus. And so when we ch- spend time with Jesus, when we abide with him, our affections are changed by reading his truth, And letting the Spirit of God move in our lives. And that Spirit, listen, it changes us. We become different people. And look, that sounds mystical. And it sounds supernatural. And maybe that sounds too good to be true. That God changes me from the inside out. But listen, it's true. But there is a part of me that has to choose God over myself. There is still part of a self in this control. I have to choose his wisdom over mine, and I have to choose his way over mine. I've always liked this analogy that I heard from a pastor named Matt Chandler. If we're going to talk about self-control, it's like coming to a T in the road. And now suppose if you turn left, there is a home that you've lived for all of your life. You grew up there, maybe you raised your kids there, and you have turned left at that T a thousand different times say you move, and now you live in a new home where you turn right. And so when you come to that T, your new home is right, but you know what happens naturally because you've done it a thousand times before? You turn left. And maybe you drive uh, right into your driveway, and you go, oh, I don't live here anymore. Christian self-control is about realizing that you have a new home. It's about coming to the T and realizing I don't live left anymore. And the grace that we have in Jesus Christ allows us the opportunity every time we come to that T to turn right. That is my home with Jesus. I don't live in my old house, in my old way anymore. That is the self in control. That is the self in control. That is my new home. And so there is a need which means that something's out of control. And there is a part of that controlling that is dependent on me. And now let's equip ourselves with right understanding, right thought in the area of self-control. And so listen, your self-control, your self-control will come by having the right target. Self-control comes from having the right target. If we look in this verse in Galatians 5, Paul spends a lot of time talking about this idea of circumcision. And so he says, Paul, Paul says, I say to you, if you accept circumcision... Christ will be no advantage to you. I testify again that every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law, you are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith, we are ourselves eagerly waiting for the hope of righteousness, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. And so the issue in this verse is circumcision, but that is not the issue at hand. That is not really the issue. It is here in this early church, but it is simply a product of believing that how I look or what I do is more important than who I am becoming in Christ. Circumcision was this covenant that the Israelites made with God that really was about setting them apart. It declared them to be holy. It was God's chosen people. These were God's people. And circumcision, if I'm not trying to get too graphic, was something that communicated that God was going to remove the flesh out of the equation. God was going to move the flesh. And when I say flesh, it was about human desire and human action. God is going to remove that out of the equation because righteousness and salvation was never going to be about humanity. It was always going to be about God. And it was always going to be a gift that God gave humanity through faith because we could never do anything to earn God's righteousness and salvation. And so that is what circumcision was about. But as we humans do, we take something like circumcision, an act that we do, and we prop ourselves up. They use this act as a tool to convince themselves in their own mind, in their own hearts, that they had done something to satisfy the utter brokenness and void in their lives because of sin and the absence of God's fullness in his love, joy, and peace. And so they would say, oh, you're not circumcised? Like, I've never said that phrase in my life. If I do, you should fire me, right? Oh, you haven't been circumcised? And they would make violence against people in the Jewish nation because of circumcision laws. They would make war against them because I've done something and you haven't. And so listen, it's not just circumcision. We're talking about that. But it's everything that we do in the flesh. Everything that we do in the flesh, if we are able to achieve something in life by my own effort, there is a good chance that I'm going to use it to justify myself to say, hey, look what I did. And then we will make war against others who simply can't do the things that I did. And so whether that's controlling my eating habits or my exercise, whether that's self-control in my work habits, or self-control that has earned me a level of income, or even even self-control that sees the color of my skin as something that I've earned. Our hearts are desperate to justify and rationalize our own goodness. And we will take the things that we accomplish in our flesh and we will promote ourselves in self-righteousness and say, well, what this world needs is more of what I'm doing. If people just thought like I did, if they did what I did, if they would just get better wisdom, everything would be taken care of. And so here's what happened. Look at me. We are so lost and we are so desperate and we are so prideful in our pursuit of pleasure that we eat up the marketing of the world that says, this is what you need and this is what you have to control. We eat it up as if our lives were depending on it. And so the world has convinced us that satisfaction and fullness comes with controlling the things that you do. Controlling my eating habits, controlling my exercise. And look, those are good things. I'm not doubting those. But the world has made us believe that self-control is most important in my habits. And so here's what happened. Here's what's happened. We have a generation of young women who have come to believe that fullness and satisfaction comes with greater self-control that ends with a smaller waistline. We have young women who believe that fullness and satisfaction comes with the self-control to create a bigger following on social media. We have a generation of young men who believe That fullness and satisfaction comes with greater self-control in my actions and in my words so I can objectify women and gratify myself, to have greater self-control so I can make as much money as possible and do as little work as I can. We have older men who believe that we need greater self-control in our work habits and greater self-control in our technology. But you know what's true of all of it? The list could go on and on. None of it satisfies None of it satisfied, and it never did. And it never, ever will. Because what we do in the flesh, no matter your ability to control it, will never bring you fullness and satisfaction. Even if I could control with my great effort, my my food, my habits, my exercise, my retirement, here's what you'll find. It will never be as satisfying as you thought it would be. Even if I could have a smaller waistline. For a moment, I'll find pleasure and happiness. But it'll never be as satisfying as I thought it would be. And then here's what will happen. You'll look at the world and they say, oh, here's what you need to do. You have to control this. And you say, okay. And the game begins again. And then here's what happens. We either give up or we begin to justify ourselves by what we are doing. The reason why self-control for you is so hard to come by is because you've picked the wrong target. None of those things will satisfy. And the reason that it's so important that we have the right target in mind with self-control is that when we make things about us and the things that we can do in our flesh, we'll learn that it's always empty. And it can be corrupting and it will never be satisfying, and it will never transform. But obviously, Jesus compels to us what is right and good, where our direction and our self-control should be put. Jesus is talking to a group of Pharisees, which we call the religious rulers of the day, they believed that it was on the outside. That's what mattered. How we look, how we appear, the things that we eat on the outside, that was what is important. But Jesus obviously has a different wisdom. And Jesus says that what defiles you is not from the outside, but what is on the inside. And we'll look into the Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 15. And Jesus says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defiles a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Jesus is saying, look, Pharisees, you can walk around here looking like you're godly, but your ability to do or not to do things on the outside has no real ability to clean and purify you. You don't know what satisfies you. And the reason is, is because you don't know that your heart is out of control. Your heart is the target. You are out of fellowship with God. Jesus, in his message, always went internal. So when he said, do not murder, what did he say? I say that if anybody has anger in their hearts, that it's a sin. And why does he say that? Because he knows that murder is birthed from unresolved anger. And so, look, my inability to control myself around ice cream is not my issue. My issue is, I have a heart that is yet to fully understand how deeply Christ has served me. I have a heart that is yet to fully understand how substantial Christ is, and how He fills all of my needs and all of my wants. The right target is our hearts. Friends, if you want to fix your eating habits, if you want to have greater energy, like if you want to work on your marriage issues, like choose the right target, your heart is the target. I'm going to stop because I'm sounding like an infomercial. I'm not promising you any of those things. I'm just saying if we fix our eyes on the right target, if we work on the vertical and we show self-control to believe what God, who He is, to believe what God really Brings to me to bring to believe that God really is what He says He is. If we have self control in our vertical relationships, you will find that the things in this horizontal world will not have the control over you that they once did. And so, the right target is always to pursue our hearts. Always to pursue our hearts. The second thing that we need to get right is to use the right power. So, right target, right power. Paul says, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so here's the idea. If we are walking arm in arm with Jesus, we're abiding, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That says there is a control that will happen in my life through me keeping in step with the spirit of God. And me keeping in step with the spirit of God is not about my power uh, as a masculine like grit. I'm gonna just, determination, I'm gonna do this. That is not the power that we use. The power that keeps us in step, the Spirit, is humbly dying. Humbly dying to myself. The thought of this world in self-control is earnest effort, boldly moving obstacles out of the way. Look what I can do. But for the Christian, our power comes through dying to self. Because when we die to self spirit lives. And the spirit is more powerful than any aspect of our flesh. And so this is why Jesus writes and says in Matthew 16 that if anybody would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? The tools for a Christian and self-control are honest introspection about my heart, painful surrendering of my pride that keeps me in bondage, and a meekness that surrenders my will to God's will, that I would lose my life to gain it. And we say dying because for the Christian, we are not striving to discover some unlocked potential that we haven't achieved in our life. But for the Christian, our life is about recovery. It's about recovering the life that we are always intended to live. All of us were created in the image of God. Every one of you has God's DNA stamped in Him. It was perfect. And God's character lives in us. They're there. It is the spirit that makes them alive. And we die to self so the Spirit may live in us. So we keep in step with the Spirit by dying, and that always must be anchored, listen, it always must be anchored in God's Word. If we're going to die, we have to know what we're dying to. And so that is why Peter writes something like this in 2 Peter chapter 1, He says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. And what happens with knowledge? Knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted he is blind and forgotten. He's been cleansed from his former sins. Faith with virtue. Virtue with knowledge. Knowledge that leads to self-control. I have to know what I'm dying to. So we abide with Jesus by reading his word. By praying, confessing, being in fellowship with one another. Look, if you want great self-control in your life, have a public plan for it. Because if you think that you're going to control this on your own, look, we've been down that road before. So self-control. There is something that needs to be controlled, which means there's something in me that's out of control. And part of that controlling is dependent on me. And I need to be focused on having the right target. Because if I get this right, if I'm working here, all of these other things in the world don't have the same control over me. And I need to use the right power. It's about a humble surrender, dying to self. That is where the Christian self-control is birthed. That is where it starts. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you and uh, just admit that this is something that we're not good at. We're not good at it because the world convinces us that if we would just get this next thing in order then things will be better. And so, Lord, will you give us through your gentle wisdom and compassion the knowledge that we can't fix what's broken in us and that it's only you that can and that we would would seek the right target, that we would be humble and confess the pride of our hearts, that we would see our need for you that we would grow to understand that you were sufficient for all of our needs. That help us to have the right power, that we wouldn't be prideful or boastful, but, Lord, that we would live by the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Lord. that Lord, that through your Spirit, you would bring wholeness and satisfaction into our life. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your beautiful name. Amen.